we're at the end of September. We are at the end of September, Pro Football Ireland. Look, folks, in case you're wondering, we don't do picks. We talk through topics, we have a bit of crack. Picks podcast, Friday morning. Michael and Jeff chatting absolute dirt. Now, Jeff, boys, says that he is getting his picks right. Presented by Elias Sport, 18 plus B Gamble Aware. Um, but I, I know he definitely got a few wrong last week. So out here, Adam, into the old graphic. There we have the graphic going. Oh, All God. of us are beating or at least equaling the bookies so far, which is not an easy feat, I must say. So uh, I'm definitely in my us. worst form ever, like ever. Like I had a good run for a couple of years, and like I feel like this year, it's either I'm being too unpredictable with stuff, and I don't know. Anyway, let's let's not fall into the trap with. Uh, Picks. I think it's no, let's good. do picks. Let's do picks. I mean, you clearly want to do picks, my glory. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, right. So, end of September. Sunday's the first of October already, boys. Jesus, I can't wait for that week where the games are on earlier. Oh, boys, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. So, you know, let's let's ask each other the question. At the end of September, twenty twenty three, what's the best division of football? And I didn't look at the boys' notes or WhatsApp groups. So, if I go first and I can see clearly that I've picked one of the boys' selections, I'm in trouble. So I'm going to go first just in case and say the best division of football at the minute, boys, is the AFC North by a landslide. Uh, are, are we okay? Have you all got different results? Yeah? Pr- proceed. Proceed. Good. You know, you got a Bengals team at our bottom of the AFC North and like I watched the game at the weekend or the weekend on Monday Night Football and yes, there's a whole correlation point when we talked about it with uh, James Scahill about like you know Joe Burrow should he play should he not play I was definitely one and you can listen back to last week I was one of the people that was like he should not be playing on Monday Sundays he should hold off and wait in his injury they get over the line in one and two and you know frankly when he gets back if he can get back to even 90 to 95% for the rest of the season and I think any neutral hope he hopes that he does they'll go on a run and the Browns are the Browns have had a sketchy few weeks with Deshaun Watson but they're efficient on both sides of the ball the Ravens should not have lost last week they're sitting 2-1 and one. and look biased hats away the Pittsburgh Steelers look good for them to go into to Vegas the other night and play the way they played the offense is picking up the defense is legit but Kenny Pickett's slowly but surely getting that confidence up this I feel is going to be the division that we're sitting in at the end of December start of January going I can't wait to watch Steelers-Browns or I can't wait to watch the Ravens against the Bengals in week 17, week 18 because I feel like this is going to be the one division that truly goes down to the wire. Um, Marcus, who have you got? No, you did not read the WhatsApp because it was nominated that Jason would go next, Michael. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, so, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Michael, uh, you're wrong. So you have four very good teams in the AFC North there. You idiot, Michael. You wasted <laughs> our time, Michael. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'll just leave the podcast, right? Good luck, Michael. So they are, uh, look, yeah, four good teams, but the AFC East has at least two what look like great teams right now uh, in the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'm not going to go too in-depth of talking about each team here, but for the Miami Dolphins, I've been watching the NFL for 15, 16 years now. And I've never seen anything like I saw last Sunday against, uh, you can mute me right now, Michael, if you want, against the, the Denver Broncos. 70 points is just something else. Like uh, Mike McDaniel is an absolute wizard, and I just don't know how people are going to stop him anytime soon. It's not like the things he's doing, you know, it's very innovative and he's using speed like ways it's never been used. But we're seeing just 
the same concepts like post routes be wide open time after time two at a Tyree kill pass rushes can't get near to it forget about his concussion inj- in injuries he's not getting touched he's I think he's the average, uh, deepest average depth to target uh, and the quickest time to throw in the league which is just a mind-boggling uh, combination um, the league comes in ebbs and flows and it is likely that some defence maybe it's the Cleveland Browns who look also like a very good team at the moment uh, maybe they're the ones to first find out and crack this Miami offence but uh, right now it looks like they're just miles ahead of everyone else and if Mike McDaniel keeps doing his thing the Dolphins are definitely in line for their best shot at the Super Bowl in a long time the Buffalo Bills they're playing the Dolphins this Sunday which will be an absolutely amazing game to watch they had a slightly so slow start to the season against the Jets in week one where they lost Josh Allen looked like rookie Josh Allen but absolutely back to their dominant ways the last two weeks uh, blowing out the Raiders and uh, what looks like a good Washington Commanders team as well. So the Bills are back and um, they might be two of the best teams in the league right now with the way they're playing right there. New England are fiery. You know, they're always going to be competitive. Mark, you talked about them in depth last week, uh, or at least their defense. Um, but with Bill Belichick team and, you know, Mac Jones is playing some good football as well. They're always going to be in games. At worst, you know, their floor is always going to be eight, nine wins. Um, so when a third place team in the division is, is clocking those up, uh, you know the division is strong. We've just talked about the Jets. I won't go into them. It's just a shame Aaron Rodgers isn't there because imagine throwing an Aaron Rodgers-led New York Jets team into the mix in that division. It would be just something else. But yeah, the AFC East, I think it's the best division in football at the moment. I can't wait to hear Mark pick the NFC North. <laughs> Yeah, no, do you know, I can't believe I'm saying this because I absolutely agree with the two of you, but I do a little thing every Tuesday called the Power Rankings. So when we had this exercise come up, I said, you know what, I must check who I have in the Power Rankings ranked as the best division if we're going to do this topic. So I went through each of the teams and I averaged out their best spots. So number eight, it was the NFC South, which kind of surprised me because the Saints and the Falcons are good, but then when you have two poor teams in the division, that's going to happen. The AFC State was next. It's just the Jags and then the rest behind them. AFC West has only got the Chiefs in it. Come to number four, and it was the NFC East. A bit similar. They have a powerhouse in the Eagles and Cowboys, but then they have the Giants and the Commanders. It got a bit interesting after that when I looked at the AFC North came in, and I think its own com- competitiveness is what you know doesn't help it within the power rankings i actually think that that's the correct answer michael because like all of those teams you wouldn't want to play a single one of them but that's what i would say goes against the afc east they have two powerhouses in the dolphins and the bills but i think a lot of franchises a lot of fan bases at the moment would take a game against the jets and the patriots and it left me with what's been historically the best division over the last few years and went in probably ranked the worst division this year. Surprisingly, the NFC West came out as my best division. We all know how good the 49ers are. The Rams have been an absolute revelation under Sean McVay, and I would not go near wanting to play a game against them. They lost a course against the Bengals this weekend, but the two weeks before that, they really ran the Rams close, and obviously they had their upset in week one or what was seen as an upset. I don't want to see what they're going to be able to do when they have Cooper Cup come back. I think it's going to be amazing. 
the Seahawks, I suppose, haven't been as explosive. But again, they're one of those teams I don't think many would want to play. And then the Cardinals have been as, as feisty as hell. I think Jonathan Gannon has absolutely coached this team up. I talked about it a lot on Wednesday's podcast with James. So check that out if you really want me to put on my Cardinals hat. But yeah, I think there's not a team in the NFC West since the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. I think it legitimizes those performances against the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants where they threw the game away. It was nothing to do with their opponent. It was completely on the Arizona Cardinals. That I don't think there's a team in the NFC West, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that I'd want to play right now. And I think that makes them the best division. That's really interesting. Like I can't wait to see how the Cardinals play this weekend and over the next few weeks see if they if they can sort of keep what they done last week, keep it going really. And I have no need to follow any Cardinals podcasts or any other Cardinals news because Jason Hayes tells me everything I need to know <laughs> in a good way. So I am looking forward to seeing what happens and uh, controversial NFC West, AFC North, AFC East. The AFC West lads are screaming their heads off here somewhere, boys. AFC South, interesting. It's it's so competitive and that just shows you like how how fun the season's been only three, two or three weeks in, which is great. Well, Talk I'm glad that the AFC North has held up to its side of the barring because we talked about that in Belfast, wasn't it? That that was a serious division or maybe it was in the Dublin show. We, talk, we talked about those two divisions that you guys mentioned at our live shows and talked about how good they are. And here we are, the first month about to finish in the NFL and we're none the wiser really about them. Yeah, first month by the finish. It's scary biscuits, boys. Scary biscuits. I'll get a headache if I keep talking about it. So let's actually talk about headaches. Uh, let's do what we done last week. Who, which which player is going to give a coordinator or head coach a headache this week? Um, who wants to go first for this one? Go for it. Yeah, I'll jump in there. Um, I think the Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is in for a headache this week. Um, the Raiders have a whole host of problems through three weeks. Um, but defending the pass is one of them. So far, the Raiders are allowing the third highest completion rate in the league, 74.8%. The third most touchdowns, uh, they've allowed seven touchdowns. They've zero interceptions. And through three games, they have just five sacks. Um, so definitely not as productive uh, defending the pass as they would hope right now. And it's not a good time to be facing the LA Chargers because Keenan Allen is coming to town and Keenan Allen is my headache player of the week. 31 years old now and showing absolutely no signs of slowing down. Keenan Allen has a, uh, he leads the league with 32 catches. This past weekend, he became the only player in NFL history with three games of 15 plus receptions um, against the Vikings, of course. He went over 200 yards in that game. Again, that's the most in his career. In a sport where prime years seem to be getting younger and younger, you look at guys like Justin Jefferson bursting on the scene from day one, Jamar Chase, uh, and dominating the, re- uh, the wide receiver position early. It's nice to see a guy like Keenan Allen, who's just been so consistent throughout his career, uh, still seemingly getting better at the, the ripe old age of 31. Um, so I think when him and Justin Herbert are in sync as they were last Sunday, there's not many duos out there in the league that can beat them. And uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is definitely going to have his work cut out for him and maybe a few sleepless nights this week trying to figure it out. Hope all the fantasy heads heard that. I love it. I love it. Mark, do you want to guess what I'm going to pick this week? 
before you do because this week we haven't had any problems. Well, do you know what? Your headache last week, Nico Collins showed up, so he did. So way to go on that one. Thank you very much. I uh, I I done like a fist pump to the TV. Like, huzzah! What about another Texans player this week? We up for that? Tank Dell. The Texans play the Steelers this week. Do you know and what? I, if you put the money on the line, my guess was going to be Tank Dell. <laughs> it's like Michael's <laughs> been paying attention to those Texans. This will probably be the last time I talk about the Texans for a while, unless they do. I, I wouldn't call it the unthinkable and beat Pittsburgh this week. The game is in NRG in Houston and. This, this, look, the Steelers' defense is so, so good. But at the end of the day, they can only cover so many guys on the field. And if they look at Negro Collins, you're still going to have Tank Dell there. And they have to have a situation where surely CJ Stroud is going to have a situation on Sunday where he has the ball down the field at least once or twice to this guy. I mean, Dell has been the top target in Houston for the last two weeks in a row. Uh, he's seen seven targets, catching five in for 145 yards and a touchdown last week against the Jags. Over, what, 30 points scored? 17 targets in the last two weeks for the Texans. But more so, the combination of both him, Nico Collins, and CJ Stroud has just been so fresh, man. Like, through three games, the Steelers have given up 634 yards, four touchdowns to the wide receiver position. I just have a feeling that while I think the Steelers will win this weekend, I think the Texans are going to make it really, really difficult for them. I think Texans fans, a bit like Cardinals fans, almost, are starting to turn around their expectations a little bit. I think it'll be electric in NRG, and I think Tank Dell will give a real headache this week to Mike Tomlin et al. in, in Pittsburgh. Um, it'll be a close game, but I'm, I'm going to take the Steelers. But I think, look, I think Tank gets one touchdown, 110 receiving yards against the Steelers' defense, which is a bold, bold statement to make. And I shouldn't really be saying this, the lad in the Steelers podcast, but who knows how far it'll take them. Who you got, Mark? It's it being the London game, I said we'd have to look at one of the players and I said it's time to talk about Bijan Robinson. It's an interesting week for him because he's coming off I suppose not a, a welcome to the NFL moment, but a welcome to the NFL moment in so far as like he was kept he, like they looked after him. The Detroit Lions the other day really focused in on to vending against Bijan Robinson. And as a whole, it was a smart idea because it was forced Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, to throw the ball. And let's get rid of that Falcons run game. And it worked. So I wonder now what the Jags are going to do in London. Are they going to be able to do the same thing and just focus in on Bijan? Now, obviously, we've seen through the first few weeks, especially in that second game, like the vision out of Bijan Robinson is only matched by his own jump cuts and elusiveness. And I cannot wait. When we talked to Henry Hodgson about this in Limerick, he said that he was one of the players that he loved to watch in college and we want to see him at the next level through the first month of the NFL. He has looked phenomenal. So we're so lucky. I suppose as these games come up, I'm looking at the TV being like, just please, those players that we're due to see, don't get injured, please. And especially this year, I had Circle Bijan because he's going to be amazing to be able to watch him live. But I suppose let's see how the Jags do against them because their own run game, I suppose right now they're ranked as seventh in the league. But, and credit to them, they held Damian Pierce to 2.2 2. 2 yards uh, the weekend just gone by. But the week before that, Isaiah Pacheco had 5.8 yards of carry. The week before that, they defended against Deion Jones of the Colts. They now dropped Deion Jones of the Colts. I don't think he's in the league at all now because his performance was so useless. So they haven't, I suppose, been extremely tested, this Jags defense. And they're going to have to work it out from 
when they come over. I suppose we don't know about all that grogginess and all that goes into it. I mean, they're going to have to hope that Bijan is has an off day. Uh, I know it's supposed to be one player, but obviously Tyler Algier compliments him so well that I think we should see a lot of the ball in the ground this weekend. Looking forward to it. You'll be there. I'll be there. Nikhil will be there. Connell will be there as well. So it's, it's going to be a good weekend. Looking forward, looking forward to Tottenham as well over the next few weeks. The NFL season gets underway on Thursday night this week with a really interesting Thursday night matchup on Thursday night football between the Detroit Lions going to Lambeau to play the Green Bay Packers. How many times can I say Thursday in a sentence, boys? Early game Sunday, Falcons, Jags in London. See you there, folks. If you're going there, Miami at Buffalo is a six o'clock. Sweet mother of mercy. Six o'clock. Six o'clock on Sky. That's a six o'clock. Oh God. Oh and they God. Can't, they We're can't gonna miss part either. of that. They can't flex. Oh, that's brutal for a lot of the London fans. Lucky is right. Thanks, Jason. Enjoy your Ryanair flight. Oh yeah, on the couch. A couple of beers. <laughs> well, well. Uh, Erlingus. Be grand. Oh, Erlingus yeah. be nice and cozy. We're flying Erlingus this weekend. It's the one time you get to do it each year. It's because you have to go into Heathrow. It's closer to the stadium. But from there on, we are going to be on the. Um, the aforementioned desperate Ryanair flights. Easy jet. Or as I call it next week, not so easy jet. Shout out to <laughs> easy jet. Um, Minnesota going to Carolina. Denver going to Chicago. Don't even start me on that. Baltimore, Cleveland. Pittsburgh going to Houston. The Rams going to the Colts. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Washington to Philly. Cincinnati at Tennessee. That's all again in the early window. We've got three games at nine. Vegas, Chargers, New England, Dallas. Arizona, San Francisco. Ooh, Sunday Night Football. Oh, is the Chiefs going to the New York Jets? <laughs> and Monday Night Football is the Seattle Seahawks going up against the New York Giants. Let's let's finish this week with a little bit of a... Do you know what, though? Thank God that there's only one Monday Night Football game. I was wondering, was that becoming a trend in the Absolutely NFL? Absolutely not, Mark. I Hold on here. So... Like, I obviously record with Jeff at 9 o'clock on the Monday, right? So people listening to this podcast, it takes maybe like an hour to like get it all read up, couple of reels made, get the podcast up, audio up for the next day, right? So there's a two-hour window between that and Monday Night Football starting. Two games is the way to go. Two games is the way to go. Now, I'll say this, and we're 49 minutes into this, so I can't get in too much trouble. If, if Sky Sports or an aforementioned broadcaster in the UK and Ireland can put two Monday night games on on two separate channels then why are we only getting red zone and one game on a Sunday and why if the rest of America bar the state of Kansas and the state of Illinois why is every other part of America getting their, the Kansas City Chicago game moved live on CBS and yet we have to sit and watch that game last week on, on a TV channel here I think fans deserve better. And I don't think that's a negative. I think what's going on is great, but I think we deserve to have better games and more games on TV, frankly. Maybe I'm just talking on the tree, Mark. I I just can't get those one night games in live. So I suppose, because it's too late. It's a school night, you know, it's uh, the one night. Because I always have to miss Sunday football as well because I'm up too early in the next one. So I suppose it is great. I suppose it's just, it's just funny that, that they clash as well. It's like, I'd almost want to see them on earlier. I know that's not feasible when you have wanting to fill the, the stadium with fans. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I got what you're saying, but it's kind of like, I like to really use up my Monday 
uh, absolutely consuming all the games. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you just go to split them up so that we have more time to digest them. Jason, give me a simple yes or no. Two games on Monday night? No. No, I think I've... It's a very first world problem here, but I like to just look up the highlights the next day and they have the score of the other game up in the top left corner as you're watching the highlights of the first game. And I like to avoid that. You like, like that? that? No. like that. No, it's a spoiler. I want to see oh, both highlights as they're all. Nice when it's live though. Maybe when it's live, yeah. But no, just put them different times. I like all my attention on one game. Use the ad breaks to, you know, get it, do whatever you need to do, you know, whatever. Um, but two games is too much. I can't focus on that much. And obviously, first world problems for everybody in the north. We get to watch Monday Night Football on two channels, so it's great. Let's watch it in Channel Five the other night. They had the Rollins Bengals game on. Greg Rosenhall was on was in the studio, live from LA. It was shout out to Greg. It was uh, an interesting watch. Don't know if you guys can get like a bootleg Channel Five. In That's the they they did that last year as well, though. Himself and uh, Ladainian Thomason do it, right? Uh, MJD. Yeah. Oh, MJD. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, tr- let's let's end off with true or false. Um, my true or false was going to be, my opinion was going to be that the Broncos' defense, even though they put up seventy or put out seventy points last week, I was going to say they're not even that bad, and that's what really annoys me so much. I think the standard of coaching is atrocious. I think when you've got Randy Gregory, Alex Singleton, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, who I don't think was playing last week, Jonathan Harris, D- DJ Jones. Like, how, how are they conceding 70 points? The answer is Vance, Aloysius, Joseph. So if you want to talk about that, you can't. My true or false is going to be Buffalo make Miami look average on Sunday. I think the Buffalo defense pressures Miami. Miami find it hard to run the ball against Buffalo and Tua throws a couple of picks and Buffalo win the game. Somebody somebody go mad at me for saying that. Um, I think... I can't. My jaw's on the floor over here, so I can't even say a word. No, I, 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 well, I look, think... look, look. They gotta go into Buffalo on Sunday. They gotta do yeah. the business. The pressure's on them, sir, not in Buffalo. Yeah, like buff, like Buffalo. I'm just thinking of that Jets game when, like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Buffalo have caught a bit more form the last few weeks, but you have to trust what we've seen. And you know, Buffalo struggled against New York that first night, and Miami is just like they are on another planet right now. I have the number one in the power rankings. I'm surprised that everyone else didn't because everyone is just presuming that they're going to get knocked off against Buffalo this week. But like you put up 70 points and look as good and have won in so many different ways already this year, have played really strong defenses in the likes of the Patriots. And yeah, I just think they, they deserve their dues right now. Like the only thing that the wheels only fall off this thing, it seems, is if they get injured because... McDaniels is absolutely like the calls that he's coming up with and the aggression that he is showing within his calls and his creativity. I'm like, if he can sustain this until February, I mean, that's, that's it. They're, they're Super Bowl champions if they keep this up, you know? Ooh. Jason, give us yours, my man. Yeah, so I think, um, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't say that. I disagree with that as well. I don't think the um, they're going to make the Dolphins look average. I think it might just be a case of we're going to watch two very strong offenses both go off on each other. Bills have had uh, been a bit of a, I wouldn't say a bogey team of the, of the Dolphins because it's hard to call them a bogey team when the Bills are just classing themselves. 
Uh, but they have beat up on the Dolphins a couple of times over the last few years. Uh, I think the Dolphins got the better of them the last time out. But yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch in terms of the Broncos' defense. Just touching that quickly. Um, it's just a bit uh, humorous or amusing to me. Maybe it's just because uh, I'm friends with you, Michael. <laughs> but the, the, the defense has been the last of the Broncos' worries the past few years. It looks like Sean Payton's doing some good stuff at the offense. Russell Wilson looks much, much improved. And now we're seeing the problems transi- transition to the defense. Um, we're well familiar with Vance Joseph, of course, over the last few years. I think he did pretty well in Arizona, all things considered. I was surprised he's he's kind of he's normally known for coming out strong and or perhaps not coming out so strong in games. Um the other team usually does a lot better in the first half than they do in the second half after he makes his adjustments. But clearly that wasn't the case on Sunday either. They just went they were shocking in both halves. But moving on to my uh true or false, and this is kind of uh, also involving the Broncos. The Cardinals missing out on Sean Payton has become a blessing in disguise. What do we think, guys? That's class. Way to go. That's no. Yeah, that's really cool. No. I think, going back to what you said a second ago, I think the issue is Vance Joseph and if, and this goes back to, I don't want us to turn into a Denver Broncos podcast, but this goes back to two different elements. First off, John Elway pissing off Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, and that different universe that could be evident right now. Maybe, maybe Christian McCaffrey won the Broncos the Super Bowl six months ago or seven months ago. I don't know. But the second element is the 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 way that Vic Fangio was kicked out of Denver is so different to how Vance Joseph was humiliated. And I guess time heals certain things. And look, Vance Joseph done very well in Arizona, especially last year. But Vic Fangio would have got that job. If he had got that job, I don't think we lose by 50 points last week. That's my argument. I think Sean Payton is doing good things in the offense. It's going to take time. I Looking back on the night, I don't even care about the comments about the Jets. He is, he is who he is. He's unapologetic. He's took the job. You got to back him. But certainly if they were to go out against Chicago and let in any more than 25 to 30 points, I think his job's on the line, boys, to be honest with you. That, and that sounds nuts. And I don't want to start a whole, like, arrogance or trying to get clout or trying to get headlines on YouTube or podcasts by, by saying certain things. How any staff member, including Vance Joseph, got through Monday on Skiffs when the local media in Colorado was the worst I've seen in 15 years is beyond me. So, no, I don't agree. Sorry for the rant. I, I would agree with it because I think that the attention that Sean Payton has brought to the Broncos, the Cardinals didn't need that. That they have a hungry team, that these guys are floating under the radar, and that was allowed to happen through Jonathan Gannon. I don't think he purposely meant to make all those gaffes in the offseason, but people didn't take Jonathan Gannon seriously at all. So much so that I, as a Cardinals fan, had absolutely no faith in him. And it's just been perfect for the guys that he has, for the investment that the owner was willing to make in the team as, you know, he kind of looked forward to getting Caleb Williams potentially, that Jonathan Gannon has been a more humble guy and a more humble approach that has been able to get the best out of players. I think Sean Payne, the attention he would have brought and the way that he would have trained up the team isn't what would have succeeded with this group of players 
so yeah I, I think that's so smart what you're saying there Jason interesting Mark have you given your true or false or my dope yeah I'm not going to pick my own team though uh, I'm actually going to say and I'm going to probably annoy every fan base because every fan base thinks that this is them but I'm going to say true or false we're, we're all going with true alright I suppose this segment is never ever going to get a false because obviously we believe in what we're saying but true or false um the Baltimore Ravens are the most injured team or the, have been hit by the injury bug more so than any other team in the league. I mean, you can look at the Cincinnati Bengals and say, oh, well, Joe Burrow, or you could look at the New York Jets, oh, our season has been derailed because of Aaron Rodgers. But I suppose this is almost to give an excuse to the Baltimore Ravens losing to the Colts the other day. And it kind of goes back to last year because they had their fair number of injuries as well. They had seven starters out on the past weekend. OBJ is the headline one. Look, we're going to talk when they're coming to London about that passing attack. I don't think that OBJ is ever going to live up to the billing. But then they were missing Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum off the O-line. That probably led to a Lamar Jackson interception. Or sorry, fumble because he was just absolutely destroyed. Uh, Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey were out of the... Uh, defensive back group probably explains why Gardner Minshew was able to look so competent as he did and then Adefe Owa from the linebacker group was gone that's probably why Zach Moss had such a good game so it's like when you're missing seven starters uh, spread out so throughout the team now I do think they're getting the two O-linemen back and they're getting Marcus Williams back this weekend so it'll definitely help them but I don't think there's any other team in the NFL that has been so depleted so early on. You couldn't be more right. You couldn't be more right. And you know, I didn't even mention to the running back group as well. They've lost J.K. Dobbins for the year as well. Like they've they're like a walking three... hospital, man. They're mm. a walking hospital. Yeah, at least the um, the majority of those injuries aren't season-ending. But it's definitely not ideal. Just the the amount, the quantity is just through the through the roof. You know that. They're a team that wants to be a run-first type of team. I think that Tyler Lindenbaum injury, and it's good to hear that he should be coming back. Um, you know, it's more than just missing the odd block here and there. The center of an offensive line is pretty much the quarterback of that offensive line, and it can make everything else look a bit more disjointed. And when you have your top three running backs out, offensive line issues, you know, it's. I think they'll be very happy that they're two and one at this point to be honest if they can get i don't know when their buy is coming up but i i'd hope for their sake it's soon if they can get some bit healthy then they're absolutely in a position to make a very strong run in the second half of the season because they haven't had a fair shake so far yeah a lot to be said this weekend they're playing the cleveland browns that's obviously that's a massive game that's a massive game for the afc north it's massive it's massive massive weekend ahead looking forward to london jason hopefully get you in london next year mate all right, mate, uh, and sort of see. Yeah, the crack for people up. wondering, it's the injury is keeping you sidelined from going to London. Really, you probably couldn't get on a flight. Yeah, Jason. pretty much. Yeah, just a whole. Well, maybe maybe a nice first class Aer Lingus flight, as you seem to be going with, would be all right. But I was, I was picturing a cramped <laughs> Ryanair kind of flight. Yeah, but no, I feel I'll like be back. I'll be back and stronger. Engine. You'll see my rehab montage highlight video now this time next year, and I'll be back for the London game. <laughs> well, I feel like. I feel like um, we can safely say this in a, in the podcast as long. Big shout out for you know we 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 had the games a little bit early, so yeah, we got our lingus. I got I got look, I got our lingus cheap, man. I got EasyJet for like twenty quid sterling return. I'm happy enough. Now that I say that, 
my flight's definitely not taking off from Sunset of Belmont. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. If you see us in Sunset next week uh, and you want to grab a zero zero or, or a pint, um, rugby style, all right, men, um, give us a shout. We'll be in Dublin Airport Sunday morning as well. We've got microphones, we've got cameras, so please do give us a shout. We'd love to chat to you. And just obviously a massive thanks to everyone for their continued support. It is. Yeah, and do reach out because we might be uh, wanting to speak to some fans, of course, as well. You know, we wanted to see what people are up to while they're over there. So, like, it would be great. Absolutely. Game is on Virgin Media 3, 1.50pm on Sunday, ITV1 in the north or Northern Iron, depending on where you're from. And, yeah, that, that's it, boys. That's it. Either you support the official betting partner of the NFL in the UK and Ireland, Pro Football Ireland. Ireland's biggest, Ireland's best. Boys, I'll chat to you next week. So long, as long as I follow.